Welcome to Beyond the Brochure, an NYU graduate admissions podcast. My name is Lena Sternoff, and I am your podcast host. I'm a graduate admissions assistant, as well as a grad student myself here at NYU. On this show, we share all types of resources, anything from navigating your application process to things such as financing your graduate education. So let's dive into today's episode. Thank you, everyone, for tuning in to today's episode, which is going to be discussing the portfolio and really perfecting that portfolio as part of your NYU graduate application. So to talk about that today, I have such an exciting guest for us to bring, Carrie Kears. She is the Assistant Director of Content Marketing at NYU, and she is also a graduate student herself at Gallatin School of Individualized Studies, where she just most recently put together a phenomenal portfolio, and she will share with us her insights, her tips, things she wishes she would have known back when she was applying to NYU. I'm going to hand it over to Carrie. Can you introduce yourself a little bit further? Yeah. Hi. Also, thank you for having me. It's very exciting to be here. Yes, I'm Carrie Kears. I've been working at NYU a little over two years now. And this past year, I applied to the Gallatin School of Individualized Study, as you said, with a concentration in narrative psychology and culture. I'm particularly interested in the lenses of filmmaking, fiction writing, and game playing, whether it's tabletop role-playing, video games, whatever, you name it. So I was really excited to pursue this program as someone who wants to grow as a creator, and there is pretty much no better place on earth than NYU if you are a creator or storyteller of any kind. There is so much love and support and just phenomenal faculty here for that. So I was really excited to both get to pursue a degree that would expand my creative interests and passions and get to have a structure for pursuing those interests, but also to have a guided like framework for scholarship and to actually understand how to become a more informed and ethical storyteller. Absolutely. And so I'm so happy you found Gallatin to explore that field uh, in such a niche way. And I'm so curious to hear then about your process of putting your portfolio together. Can you share a little bit more about what that was like for you? Yeah, actually, weirdly, the portfolio was, for me, the least stressful part of the application. The essay, I was so in my head about, and I was so anxious and took forever to write and rewrite and have a million people read. I think the most important thing when it comes to creating a portfolio for a grad admissions program, regardless of where you're looking to study, whether you know it's at Gallatin or a program at Tisch or you're pursuing an MFA in writing or whatever it is you want to do, is to really give the folks who are going to be reading it a sense of who you are and what you're excited about. Yes, it's, it should be a combination of the work you are most proud of and the work you are most excited to do more of. Your projects don't necessarily need to be pitch perfect, Sundance quality films. I'm sure that does not hurt. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Um, I'm sure folks would love to see that, but it really needs to be a, a chance for you to say, this is who I am and this is what excites me as a scholar, a storyteller, a creator. These are the types of stories, in my case, the stories that I tell, I want to tell, and I want to learn more about. And are you willing to let me do that here? For me, because I'm particularly interested in exploring the lenses of fiction writing, filmmaking, and gaming, I really let that guide my portfolio. And I looked over, what did I have that was recent? And I thought best demonstrated my skills and and what I've learned and accrued throughout my career and also just personal projects that I was very passionate and excited about. Do I think it represents 
a form of storytelling that I want to pursue? Or do I think I told the story particularly well? My next question for you then is, if students are struggling with having too many projects to choose from, what advice do you have for them narrowing it down? And the opposite, if people feel like, well, I only have two pieces I really like, how can I get that third or fourth piece ready to go from application? So two-layered question for you. Ooh, yeah. Well, first and foremost, look at the requirements of your program. There is no better guide to deciding the volume of pieces you should submit than the website and and the application requirements. Look at those, memorize those, ingrain those in your spirit. If you have questions, can I include this extra thing? Or what if I only have this? Depending on the individual school or program at NYU you are looking at, there's always somebody you can reach out to or you can reach out to graduate admissions and they'll tell you who to directly reach out to for your program. And that will help you maybe narrow down the scope of what you need to work on if you have so many good projects that you're very proud of and excited about, which first of all, shout out to you. That's amazing. I think there is not necessarily a hard right or wrong amount of things to include in your portfolio unless you are told that and do exactly that. But in terms of determining things for myself, I wanted to make sure I was demonstrating each of my areas of interest. So at least one item from the three main genres I've discussed, film, gaming, and fiction. And there was a writing sample component in addition to an essay that was required. I ultimately knew I wanted to show the types of projects I wanted to make more of and better versions of in my time here. So that really helped me whittle it down because I had projects from undergrad, which I've been out of undergrad for nearly a decade. And I was like, ah, I don't think these are necessarily the caliber of thing that I could or would want to produce now and the logistics of pulling off something new in the amount of time I had would have been a challenge for something that if it wasn't strictly written. Although I will say this for folks, if you are concerned that you have too few things and you're like, oh, I have room in my application for a bit more, or I haven't really gotten to show this off. There is no rule that your submission has to have screened in a festival or been produced for your day job or publish in a magazine, you can create things specifically for your application. I know the dramatic writing and creative writing program, you have a few options of what you can submit, but there are certain page requirements, but there's like flexibility there. If you have a sample that you are like, I don't know if this really represents me, or I don't think this is maybe exactly the direction I would want to go, even though it's maybe the freshest thing you've worked on, there's, there's no reason you can't create something new. And I would say, conversely, unless, again, your program says as such, that you can't look further back in your career if you have something that is really resonant with you or was received some form of notoriety. Maybe it won like a film festival or it was something you got a really positive review in a notable publication. If you're a performer, something to that effect. With any content, I would recommend including something of an artist statement or a creator statement unless the work is completely self-explanatory. And I would say, I don't know if all work necessarily is because the opportunity to say, hey, this was my specific role on this film. I didn't star in it. I didn't direct it. I co-wrote it. These were the constraints that I had. We couldn't write it ahead of time because we got our category and genre pulled out of a hat that morning. Explaining a little context about your individual project, I think will help your reviewers have a better sense of the work that went into this. And I don't think there's anything wrong with, I've always wanted to write something in the genre of blah, blah, blah. 
I use this application as a chance to explore that. And here's my foray into this genre. Yeah. And I really like what you had said that it's a balance and you don't actually have to have had all the perfect experience in that field to add it to your portfolio of anything. You can create something especially for it because going back to school is a way for you to gain further skills, maybe pivot careers. 100%. So, yeah, yeah. It's just so important for listeners to remember that that's what grad school is all about. So that's really beautiful advice and showing your commitment to something, showing your passion to something is really key here. Tell us a little bit more exactly of what you included in your portfolio. I included a few different things. So I had the great fortune of participating in, it was called at the time, the Women's Weekend Film Challenge. It is now called the Moonshot Initiative. And basically it was this weekend program. We had, I think, 82 hours total from start to finish. We were put on a team of 30 women and non-binary filmmakers. And I was selected for a co-writing role. So me and my co-writer literally wrote a short film script in eight hours, multiple drafts had a locked script within eight hours. And then we spent the weekend shooting and editing it. And then that was it. That was what we had. We had, and it, the purpose of the program was to encourage, to help build experience for folks in front of and behind the camera of marginalized genders. And that was a product I was very proud of. And I thought it demonstrated what it's like to work on very tight constraints because we had almost no budget. It's called Salud. We had circulated through a few different festivals. So I was like, okay, this I think is the thing that best demonstrates my work as a filmmaker. There was a writing sample required. So I submitted an excerpt from a novel I've been working on for quite some time and that I would like to continue working on during my time at Gallatin. Additionally, I previously worked at a theater publication and I submitted about three of my favorite articles that had either been online or in print that I was very proud of that I thought were really strong interviews and I think displayed subject matter I was particularly passionate about. And then I included, because gaming is a huge part of my interest, bless them if they watch the whole thing. I don't know if they did an hour, which was the shortest I could do, an hour of live tabletop role-playing that I had the fortune of doing at New York Comic-Con on a panel with a bunch of theater folks, some folks with Broadway credits and some folks with other very exciting, illustrious theater credits. And it was one hour, 61 minutes, like exactly, because that's as long as we had. And I just wanted to demonstrate that collaborative storytelling and gamified storytelling was something that I was experienced in and I was passionate about. And I thought that was the, the best and shortest way of doing that. So far, I'm in my first semester of graduate school. It is so community-based and collaborative-based. And so I thought that would be a strong addition to my application. It sounds like a super diverse portfolio, which I love that you highlighted showed different skills beyond just the work itself. So you said your ability to work on your tight deadlines with limited budgets was one example. One, And that was video. Then you have writing. And then you have a live event that you worked in a different setting in front of people. So there's just so much layers to the diverse set of pieces you chose. So I'm really excited to learn about that and repeat that out to the listeners. And since we only have a few more minutes left, I'd love to also ask you, Carrie, about presentation of a portfolio. Do you have any tips about which tools online they can use, websites, or anything that you think can help them stand out? And is this going to be from your own experience or things that you've seen yourself uh, in the industry? 
Absolutely. Again, every program has its own quirks and its own preferences. Always refer to the application of your program first. That's a thing we tell undergraduate students who are applying to NYU as well as graduate students. And often there are specific recommendations. So often they will say, please upload your film to Vimeo and make it a private Vimeo link and share it. Or please use SlideRoom for your photography projects. Or please submit your writing in the form of a PDF. And so there are many different forms that it can take. And if there is no preferred form, one, you can always ask. What I ultimately wound up doing was I created a like very quick and dirty Squarespace site. That was my name. It had a copy of my resume. And then I created like a little page that was like Gallatin Supplementary Materials. And in it, I linked to my film. And because my film is circulating in festivals. I couldn't just have it online. So I I linked how to find the password and here's how you log in and access it. Here are links to my journalistic writing. Here are links to where you can watch my gameplay. And then my writing sample was just a traditional upload. Other folks who have submitted things, they're folks in my cohort who did a portfolio of their writing and illustrations and did it all as like a PDF some folks have included work samples from like their day job of like sales pitches that they've put together that they've done in their day job working in entertainment. Some people submitted, again, writing excerpts of a longer work or a sample of research that they did in undergraduate or again, in a like a research or internship capacity. I have an artist colleague who submitted an art portfolio as a PDF and basically just did links to each project. I also had a colleague submit a gallery inside an interactive virtual space, which is a very cool way of displaying one's art and performance work, which is what I think they were submitting. But yeah, there are a lot of platforms that are fantastic. I will say if you are a filmmaker, I will recommend using Vimeo over YouTube, unless your YouTube is like an unlisted link. Just because with Vimeo, you have a little more control of the experience. They're not seeing other ads or recommendations or seeing your music playlist on your profile or whatever. Vimeo is a little cleaner. You don't have to worry about ads coming up typically. Uh, so it, it's just a more professional experience. But also if you have uh, a YouTube that you has a lot of followers and that is part of what you are demonstrating, if you are like a prolific video essayist, then by all means link to that. Especially if you have built a platform and that is part of the story you want to tell about yourself, use that. But if you're trying to show very specific things, there are certain platforms that are more tailored for high-res photos. I'm not an expert in those, but I will say if you want folks to know that you have built a platform on Instagram for a photography portfolio or your personal website or what have you, or if you have a blog that has a large viewership, feel free to make that as part of your story. So let that work for you. Thank you so much. I really agree with what you said. And I never even thought about that before with YouTube, just really sometimes showing similar videos or other content from the same creator. So really good advice for listeners. And I guess that just wraps up today's episode, but I want to just see if you have one last quick piece of advice for those that are feeling overwhelmed right now. What's something that you wish someone would have told you? You've got this. It'll be all right is what is what I needed, which many people in my life had to reassure me as I went through just because I was making myself so nervous for no reason because I, I felt good. As I said, like the portfolio part to me was exponentially easier than the essay where I had to explain these things. I, I had so many directions I was so passionate about. 
um, letting the work speak for itself. It felt more natural, but I will say this, start early. My goodness, submit your materials with some grace period. Even if you're going to be running it up to the deadline, try not to wait to the last day. If you can have your recommenders submit it like a week ahead of schedule, a week ahead of your deadline, great. Make sure your portfolio, everything is up and running and have folks proofread it. Give them time and don't bombard them with everything at once. So having a full list of everything you want to include in your application and in your portfolio specifically, so you can just check it off the list. That was the best thing I did for myself and including a little buffer time so that even if worst case, you are running up against that deadline, you aren't planning to run up against that deadline, right? Like maybe have one person look at your essay and one person look at your webpage or whatever, and then move ahead (laughs) with that Mm -hmm. and just give yourself both a grace time and just like self-compassion and grace as you put this together. No, that was so on the money, especially focusing on the things that you can control. You can control who you ask for help. You can control your effort, your attention to your spelling. And obviously you can't control at the end what the end decision will be, but definitely focus on the things that you can do and then relieve the stress by knowing that you can impact your own destiny and your future just by working hard and Mm -hmm. starting early and doing everything that you said, Carrie. So thank you so much for joining. Really appreciate having you on the show. And one just quick thing I wanted to mention the listeners is that Carrie's program, the Gallatin School of individualized study. If you're interested in learning more about that school, we have another episode that just came out about it. So feel free to check it out on this podcast. Thank you, Carrie. Thank you. It was fantastic to be here. So that wraps up our episode for today. If you found this useful, please write us a review and rate this podcast. And if you want to ask us any further question, you can email our grad admissions office directly. That email is gradadmissions at nyu.edu. My name is Lana Cernoff. I'm your podcast host. Thank you for tuning in.